again, we are moving in a topical way through Scripture, so we're not sitting in one passage predominantly, although there's uh, about four specific passages that most of these are coming from. Uh, That is Romans 1, Acts 14, Hebrews 10, and Ephesians 4. If I said that too fast, don't worry, it's right near the top of your your handout there. Uh, So if you wanted to turn there and look at that, I do encourage you to Uh, read those passages throughout the week to reflect on what the Lord is saying in those passages. And what we're trying to, where we're trying to land, and I know that all of us would like to be here, is to have the kind of faith, you're sitting in front today, that's awesome. (laughs) Don't you love when pastor calls you out right in the middle of service? So great. Uh, we would love to have the kind of faith that we just know with absolute confidence, God has got this. God is going to take care of me. God is going to provide. God is going to work through me. We just know that. And not only do we have that, because how many of you know that we can feel that way in the morning when we wake up and we're doing our stuff and we haven't faced anybody yet or any circumstance, we can do it then. But the moment we go out into the world and face all the things that we have to face, that's when all of a sudden we're just not that person anymore. And a greater faith, and we all want to have this, we want to be the kind of person who believes all of that and has this unshakable, completely stable, solid, uh, rising, ascending faith confident that the Holy Spirit's going to take care of whatever in the face of everything falling apart. That kind of faith. We know we want to have that, but how do we get there? Because I don't know about you, I am not that guy yet. Is anybody here that guy yet? Or that lady yet? We are not there yet. But the Lord calls us to have a faith that is that kind of stable, that kind of unshakable. And how do we land in that space? And where we've journeyed so far as part of it is that uh, heart-mind issue where we need to work these things out with the Lord when we're not believing. So instead of just resting in the pessimism, have you ever been around people that just are negative about everything? You know, just everything's bad, everything's going to fall apart, nothing's going to go good. Instead of just resting in that, we talk ourselves out of it and we keep addressing our heart and mind. And, and we know that the Scriptures talk about our minds needing to be renewed And we know the scriptures talk about needing a transformed or a created me, a clean heart, oh God, a new heart. And so we talk those things through with the Lord. Uh, But we also know that 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 doesn't always take care of it. There's works is that. Another part of it is that faith without works is dead. And so if I am not acting on my faith, it's not that my works necessarily make my faith, but if I'm not acting on my faith, then my faith isn't alive. It isn't actually valuable in any way. And so I need to start living out, stepping out in faith and doing, even if I'm struggling, but do it anyway. And it's the action that begins to impact our faith. But just like last week, you might be thinking, well, I knew all that. And I've known that for some time, and I've been doing that, and still, I'm not that guy. I'm still not that person that has this rock-solid, unshakable, absolute trust in faith. Or maybe you might be saying, well, uh, I didn't know all of that, but last week you told me, and then I tried it for the week, and it didn't work. I do want you to know that most things that Scripture teaches us, if you do it in a week, it's 
might not going to work that fast. I know we like things fast, but things don't necessarily develop that fast. And so you think, I tried those things, it didn't work. So then what, what, what's wrong uh, here? Well, this is where developing our faith is going to get a, a lot more difficult this morning. Because it's one thing to talk things out before the Lord. It's another thing to begin to start acting on our faith. But there's something else that the Lord's going to call us to this week that is way more difficult than those two things. And the question is going to be, how much do you want to be that kind of a person? Because I'm going to give you a hurdle today that some of you aren't going to want to walk through. And I know that because of the way our culture is today. Now, I'm not anti-technology, obviously not. I'm not anti-social media and those kind of things. But one of the downsides to all of that stuff, and it's great. I don't know if you guys have family members that live quite a distance away. Some of you might have family members that live in other countries. And because we have this technology like FaceTime or uh, there's other kind of features where we can get online and have a face-to-face -face conversation with someone that we otherwise would not be able to have those conversations with. So that's awesome that we have that. But sometimes we rely on that stuff so much that we never really have face-to-face -face physical contact with people. We almost become evasive. You know those people online that, that when you see them online, you think, I, I know the name, but who's this person that's saying this stuff? This person doesn't act like that when they're around me, but when they're online, well, they're a different person. Who is that person? And that's because we kind of like to hide behind this stuff. You know, just hide behind it and keep our distance from everybody and, and we're safer over here. And, you know, some of you who are older aren't actually innocent of all of this because there's another piece of technology that has come decades ago, and that is the television. There used to be a time that if you needed entertainment, guess what you needed? You needed to be around people. Because you didn't have the TV, you didn't have the computer, you didn't have the phone, you didn't have other things to stimulate us, and so we needed to be around people. But now, we can get all our entertainment right in here, we can get all our checking on people, and because some of you spy on people through social media and stuff, you, know, you can check on people and so, see what's happening in their lives right in the privacy of our own house where no one else knows we're even looking. Uh, we can uh, have our food delivered right to our door. Uh, we can work from home. We can do all that stuff. And we never have to go out there and be with those people. Because those people are scary. Aren't people scary? I mean, look around you and you could pretty quickly find out that there's people around here that are scary. Could you imagine having to stand up here and talk to some of you people? It's scary. I'm not actually scared of doing that, by the way. And people are difficult. Aren't people difficult? You ever you just try to, you know what we're going to do? We're gonna, this is what we're going to do today. And you go and you try to talk through that plan, and you think this is an easy plan. We're going to do this today. And you try to do the plan, and they're difficult. They start complaining. They don't want to do that plan. It doesn't work. And then you say, I'll do your plan, and they don't have a plan. And they just everything falls apart, and people are difficult, aren't they? And then you think, then you think, I'm just going to hang out with this person, you hang out with this person, all of a sudden you say something, and they're mad. You know, I just, I don't even know what I said. And they're mad at me. And people get mad. Do people ever get mad at you? Do people ever get mad at you and you think, I don't know why they're mad at me? I even asked them to explain, and I still don't know why they're mad at me. Because people, people hurt our feelings. 
Don't people hurt your feelings? They hurt our feelings. People break our trust. We tell them something privately in confidence, and they tell somebody else. And people are painful. And because of that, what do we do? We run out and hang out with as many people as we can and tell them all our deepest, darkest secrets. And we hide from them, and we stay away from them. Why? Because we want to protect ourselves. Sometimes we hide from people in order to uh, help ourselves to be okay spiritually and to build our faith. You know, I just, this person's always tearing me down, so I need to stay away from them. And we, we think we're doing it for the purposes of our faith. But here's the challenge for all of us who like to hide from people. And I want you to know some introverted person. Think I am a social person, which I am. But guess what I also am? I am an introverted person. If I had my fleshly way, I'd rather go hang out somewhere all by myself and stay away from everybody. Because I feel more comfortable by myself. Anybody with me on that? I feel more comfortable when I'm by myself. But guess what I don't get a lot of? Being by myself. Some of it's by force because I have some crazy people that live in my house and I'm just with them all the time. It's not me. I'm not the problem. <laughs> I say, thanks, Paul, for that laugh. <laughs> uh, but others is by choice. I choose to willingly put myself in relationships with other people. I enjoy it and I sometimes get frustrated with it. But I do that because in Romans chapter 1, Paul says that we are mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That there is some kind of dynamic that by me being in relationship with other people, my faith becomes strengthened. I become strong in my faith because I'm with other people. And you might think, why should I have to rely on other people? Besides, isn't God the one that brings about the faith in my life? Can't this just be between me and God? Why do I need to have it be between me and other people? But Paul says that we are mutually encouraged by each other's faith. He wants us, he, in fact, he has wired us to find faith by being, to develop faith by being in relationship with people. Doesn't that stink? It would be so much easier if I could just pray about it. You know, if I could just figure this out on my own between me and God. But I have to figure this out with people. And I'm telling, uh, telling you guys that some of you that are wrestling with your faith, struggling with growing in your faith, struggling with doubts, struggling with insecurities, shaky in different things, can't handle when everything's falling apart, it's because that we haven't learned how to build our relationships with other people. We don't know how to do it sometimes. I mean, think about that for a moment. Do you ever just hang out with people and you think, I don't know how to talk with this person. I don't know how to go beyond small talk and emotionally connect to this person. And you know what's cool? If a relationship is that important, you would think that the Bible would give us some insight on how to pursue those relationships. Guess what? It does. It does give us some insight. So let's look at some of that insight. There are various ways that we need to be interacting with other people. And the first way to do that is by receiving ministry from others. This is also the easier uh, of these four. We're going to get harder as we move along. Uh, aren't you excited that we have come here to make things difficult? <laughs> uh, we start with receiving ministry from others. And that idea we see in Acts 14, uh, Paul mentions, uh, actually this is the story in Acts 14 where Paul is in Lystra ministering. And the people got upset with him, and they dragged him outside of the city and stoned him and left him for dead. 
And he was lying there on the ground dying. And he didn't get up until, you know what happened? Until his disciples came and gathered around him. And when the disciples came and gathered around him, you know what happened? He stood up and walked right back into the city that stoned him. Somehow by being surrounded by his people, he was strengthened. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 10, Paul says this, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now think about that. That's a bizarre statement. Paul is saying that we, me and my ministry team, might be with you so that we, not God, we can supply what is lacking in your faith. Wait a minute. I thought it is God that supplies our faith. It is. But God chooses to bring faith into your life through the ministry of other people. And we refrain from the ministry of other people to our detriment, thinking that we're just trusting in God when all the while God is sending help through another person to inspire faith within us. We receive it through various actions. Uh, in Acts 14, Paul talks about the idea of strengthening the souls. He's getting ready to go on a missionary journey to strengthen the souls of the believers. And he outlines the things he plans to do to strengthen the soul of the believers. And one is to preach the gospel. Preaching strengthens. To receive preaching from someone else strengthens our faith. What does the scripture say? That... that uh, that, uh, that we have faith by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and hearing by the Word of God through a preacher. That we need to be hearing the Word of God preached to us and that begins to instigate faith within us. Also through prayer, Paul says in that Romans 1 passage of mutually encouraging each other's faith, he says the verse before that, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. We need someone in our lives that, are, that is praying for us. And by the way, if you're a part of this church, there is at least one person praying for you every single week, and that would be me. I go through the list of your names and pray for you every single week. And we need multiple people in our lives that are praying for us because if prayer is just talking to the air, then it's nothing. But prayer is we're asking God to do something, and guess what he does? He does something. And I don't know about you, but I want a person praying in my life. But don't we just need God? No, actually, we don't just need God. Somebody ministering to me, each other, it's the way God has wired us. And I need to receive somebody ministering to me through preaching, through prayer. Ephesians 4.16, in the building up of the faith, it says, in, it says, when each part, guess who the part is? You and me and every single believer. When each part is properly working, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We need to be receiving of ministry programs. We have the care ministry that goes around and services people. We have uh, connection groups. We have children's ministry. We have uh, different things, men's ministry that happen. And there are people that are serving us, and we need to be a part of those programs so that we can receive the ministry uh, that is available to us. We need a Hebrews 10.25 says uh, encouraging one another. Now this one's a funny one because we sometimes don't know what kind of encouragement we're supposed to go after. Because I think sometimes when we think encouragement, we want to just find somebody who always makes me feel good about me. You know, that just every time I'm around them, they just make me feel like I'm a wonderful person. And even thank you, Paul. Paul said I am. Thank you for that. Uh, we just want somebody that no matter how much of a mess we are and how much of a jerk we are and how crazy we are, we want someone to tell us we're not all those things. 
We want someone to tell us, you're just great the way you are. <laughs> but that's actually not the kind of encouragement that when the Scripture says to encourage one another, that's not the kind of encouragement we're looking for. Well, what are we looking for? The opposite? Are we looking for someone to t- tell us how lousy and horrible we are? No, but we want people to encourage us in a specific direction. In fact, it says in Acts 14 uh, that they would be strengthening the souls, encouraging them to continue in the faith. We need to be around people that are encouraging us, stay faithful to Jesus, keep serving Jesus, keep believing in Jesus, keep seeking Him, studying His Word, be a part of the body of Christ, serve, follow Him in the faith. Not people that are saying, you are amazing, stay the way you are. Encouragement in the faith. Romans 1.11 says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. We need to seek people out that encourage us, us to become stronger in the Lord. In fact, that encourage one another in Hebrews 10.25, the verse, verse right before it says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. We need people to encourage us to have the kind of character that Christ had. We need people, when we're talking about how much we really dislike somebody, we need, and we're bitter towards that person, we need someone to encourage us to forgive them. When we want to be impatient, we need someone to encourage us to be patient. When we want to be judgmental and harsh, we need someone that can encourage us to be loving and, and understanding. When we want to be lazy and, and not doing what we should do, when we want to just, I'm sure none of you wives out there ever complain about your husbands. None of you wives ever complain about, or husbands ever complain about your wives. I'm sure none of you out there ever never complain about your children, your boss. We need somebody in our lives that are encouraging us to love that person. Not just someone to vent to. Not just someone to encourage us that you're right, he is terrible. You should tell him that. We need someone to encourage us to be the kind of person that Jesus wants us to be. To be doing good works, to be involved in ministry, to be serving in the body of Christ. We don't need to encourage someone to encourage us to say, you know what, you're right, you should just sleep in. You're right, you should just take it easy. You should, your, your life is too stressful. You should just pull back and not be involved in things. We don't need people to encourage us in that. We'll do that already without their help. We need people to encourage us to do and be what Jesus has called us to do and be. And there's a reason why some of us are shaky in our faith. Because we're surrounding ourselves with people who just tell us it's okay to stay the way that you are. Rather than seeking out people who will hold us accountable. Who will disciple us. In fact, in that strengthening the soul's passage in Acts 14, part of his plan was that he had made many disciples. In that Ephesians 4 passage, verse 15, it says, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him. We need to be talking to each other in love, with gentleness and respect, but telling each other, you know what, you need to tone that down a little bit. You know what, you need to push a little harder. You know what? You need to try this. You need to, you need to stop talking like that. You know, stop tearing yourself down. We need people in our lives to do that. And some of us don't have that. That's why we don't have faith. That's why we struggle. 
And you might say, but I'm praying, reading my Bible, talking it through with God. I'm doing the stuff that I thought he was telling me to do. But we're not in the right kind of relationships. We need to be receiving ministry. And you think that you're just missing church. You're missing the igniting of faith within your life by reflecting for the next step that's a little harder. But like I said, it's going to get harder here. You ready for the next step that's a little harder? Not only are we to receive ministry, but we're to dish it out also. We're supposed to be ministering to other people as well. Again, Romans 1.12, mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Do you know what that word mutually means? That means I'm receiving something from you and you are receiving something from me. We are actually both a part of this thing in ministering to one another. Romans 1.13, Paul says, I have often intended to come to you, get this line, ready? That I may reap some harvest among you. Paul says, I have come. Paul, the one who says, do nothing out of your own selfish interest, but put other people's above your own. Paul, who says, suffer for Christ. Paul, who says, uh, care about the Lord's interest. This Paul that says to put up with other people and, and forgive. This Paul says, seek to receive something from other people. This Paul is seeking that. And we need to also know that we need to be dishing this out. What am I supposed to be dishing out? Exactly what we just talk, talked about in receiving. It's okay, Kadean. We'll, we'll take that out on you later. Just remember that Lystra story. Somebody will catch that in a moment. <laughs> so, if I receive preaching, what should I be giving out? Preaching. And you might say, well, I'm not a pastor, and I don't have a podium, and I don't have a service in which I'm the one that's supposed to be doing the preaching. What do you mean, preach? Did you know that the only preaching that exists... That's just affirmation from heaven that what I'm saying is true. The angels are getting their wings. Yeah, that's not bad theology. <laughs> um, you don't need a pulpit to preach. You know what preaching is? Preach the gospel. Preaching is communicating to other people the truth of God's word. We can do that in a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. We can do that in a group hanging out together. We can do that on the phone. We can do that online. You don't need a pulpit to do that. We can preach the gospel. It doesn't have to be a, an official sermon where I deliver four points. You know, I don't have to show up at somebody's door and say, hold on a second, I got four points to deliver to you real quick. You know, we don't need to do that. We don't need to, after the conversation, say, would you close your eyes and bow with me? I see that hand. You know, we don't need to do that. Preach the gospel to people. Preach. We also need to pray with one another I think sometimes some of us are afraid to pray with people because we say, I'll, I'll, pray, I'll pray for that. I'll pray for that. Why don't just pray with them right there on the spot? If someone's struggling, someone's hurting, someone's thinking through things, even someone's celebrating, then say, you know what? We should just praise God right now. Why don't we pray and praise God for what he's done in your life? Or why don't we pray and ask God to help with this situation and pray with each other? You don't need to be a pastor to pray for people. Did you know that? You don't need my permission to pray for people. Pray for one another. Minister. Get involved in programs. Get involved in ministries and serve and minister to one another. Encourage people, but again, not just making them feel good, but encourage. That's why sometimes people hop from church to church. Because, well, that church didn't make me feel good. I'm going to go to another church that might make me feel good. And that's not what we're after. We're after growing in our faith. And so 
challenge people. And you might say, well, I'm not the confrontational type. Well, you need to be. You don't need to be overly confrontational. You don't need to be as confrontational as other people. But we need to challenge people, you know. It would be great if some of you would pick up the phone and call someone and say, where were you today? You should have been there instead of me doing that. It would be great if someone else would realize, oh, I heard someone was sick or not feeling well or in the hospital, that somebody else picked up the phone. Did you know you could do that? You don't need to be a licensed minister to do that. Do you know that? Pick up the phone and call someone and and encourage them in the Lord. Disciple people. Hold people accountable. And here's the, the, the fun thing. Too many people are struggling in their faith because all they're doing is receiving and they're never putting out. Do you know why God wants people to have a solid faith, a rock-solid faith? So that they can be there for other people. So that they can be of service to others. So that they can inspire faith in other people. And so if we are not doing that, at some point God says, they're not using it, I'm not dishing it out anymore. Isn't that, you might say, well, that's not biblical. Isn't that the point of the parable of talents? I gave talents, God gave talents out to different people and some didn't use it. And what did he do with it? Took it back. They don't need it. They're not using it. And some of us were just sitting back and receiving all the way. And at some point it got stale and we're wondering why we're shaky. It's because we're not doing the ministry. Thirdly, again, it's going to get more difficult. We are to be strengthened through the organization. What, what do you mean Organization. I don't see the word organization in the Bible. I don't see the word trinity in the Bible either, but I don't hear you complaining about that one. Because sometimes there's concepts in the Bible that we don't have 21st century words that are slapped on it. We are to be a part of the organization of the body of Christ. Listen to these words. Acts uh, 14, uh, when they were strengthening the souls, Paul's whole plan of strengthening the souls, you know what he tacked on at the end? And when they had appointed elders for them in every city with prayer and fasting, they committed, if we're going to strengthen them in whom they had believed, they created a leadership structure. If we're going to strengthen the souls, we need a leadership structure. Well, certainly he didn't mean that he needed an established church to do that. Then why is it in Ephesians 4, when talking about equipping and strengthening the church, he says in verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to what? To equip the saints. There needs to be a leadership structure that we are a part of, that we are being equipped in. And so many people are not a part of a church, and they're wondering why they're struggling, because they're not a part of a church. Ephesians 4.13 says that we are to uh, pursue this until we all attain the unity of the faith, that we are to be united with one another. Listen to these words in Hebrews 4.10. The message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. That by me, not being united with the body can mean that I'm not receiving what the message was intended to bring into my life. And does that mean that I need to put up with everything? No. But some people choose to back away from the body of Christ for any little flaw that they see. Do you leave your family because they have flaws? Do you leave your spouse because they have flaws? Because I'm telling you, not a marriage would last if we leave our spouse because of a flaw. No family would hold itself together if we leave because of a flaw. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't address flaws and try to work things out. But we need to be a part, because some people say, well, I'll be a part of a church whenever a church gets its act together. We're not called to 
make sure the church is perfect. We're called to unite with other people. It's why I believe that we have such a weakened spiritual condition in our society today because we're just relying on this is just my own private spirituality before God. I don't need to have a public spirituality. I don't need to be connected to other people. And you see people walking out and leaving the doors of the church who are still claiming to be followers of Christ. And can you be a follower of Christ and not be a part of a church? Sure. But can you be a strong, stable one? Our faith, we are mutually encouraged by each other's faith. We need each other. We need to be connected to one another, working together, being involved. Hebrews 10.25 says to not neglect the meeting of yourselves together. We need to be here, connected with each other. When each part is properly working, makes the body grow, we need to be involved in ministry, not just showing up, but involved in things. Be a part of the church. And lastly, this is where it's the hardest. We need to be strengthened through a connected relationship with each other. We need to be vulnerable with each other. Anybody just find vulnerability just so easy? Anybody find vulnerability hard? Anybody have trust issues within relationships? And yet, anybody have a hard time being emotional in general with other people? God calls us to be emotionally connected with other people. But we can't do that if we're not with them, first of all. Paul says in Romans 11, that I may now at last succeed in coming to you. In Hebrews 10, 25, that not neglecting to meet together, he wants us to be with each other. And, and you might think that, uh, well, if the, if the fireworks didn't go off and, and it wasn't just an amazing thing, then I, I guess I shouldn't go because the fireworks aren't going off all the time. Do you know how you get quality relationships? By quantity. You discover the quality moments when you're there all the time with the person. Have you ever heard something great happening at church and you thought, oh, man, I chose the wrong Sunday to miss? Have you ever had that before? Or have you had a family gathering or something that happened at work or there was something that happened and, and you missed it because you weren't there? And you're like, why do all the good things happen when I'm not there? You know what? If you're always there, you won't miss the good things. And sometimes we are not experiencing the good things in our relationships because we're not there when it's just plain, when it's just ordinary, when it's boring, when it's not all that exciting, when I'm not getting that much out of it. And the people who stick it out and pursue those relationships are the ones that begin at some point to begin to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I need to be with people. I need to choose to pursue that. I was talking with someone the other day that was saying that they were just waiting for people to pursue them. You know what? You can sit around and wait all day. It's not coming. We need to choose to seek people out. Invite them over to our house. Call them up on the phone. Seek them out. And we need to actually do that so that we can emotionally connect. Paul says in Romans 1, For I long to see you. I am eager to preach the gospel to you uh, also who are in Rome. Paul cared. He wanted to be with other people. And you might say, but I don't want to be with other people. And that's where we get to the heart-mind issue before the Lord, right? We need to talk that out with the Lord so that he helps us to desire to be with people encouraging one another we need to be sublime be uplifting don't be the negative sourpuss the person that's always down all the time 
be uplifting, be encouraging when we're with other people. Well, but that's not me. I'm just negative. Well, then change then. Well, I can't change that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can become that. Also, we need to, this is going to be hard for some of us. We need to know how to address our needs with other people. Paul says that we may be mutually encouraged. That means that if I have a relationship with you, I expect to gain something as well. Mutually encouraged. Romans 4.2, the message, no, excuse me, Romans 1.13, again, Paul's comment that I may reap some harvest from among you as well. You know what some of us do in this room? Some of us feel like it's selfish and self-centered for us to ask somebody to meet our needs, but we're more than happy to be bitter towards them for not doing it. Have you ever been around a person that you thought, I think they think I should read their mind? Have you ever been around that? Most of us guys have. You'll get that joke later. Your husband will tell you on the way home. <laughs> and we get mad and upset because people aren't doing things in our lives, but we're not telling them that's what we need because it's uncomfortable for us. You know, we feel like it's wrong. But here's Paul saying, I am coming so that I can receive something from you. So if you need someone to give you a hug, ask them, will you give me a hug? What if they say no? You'll never know unless you ask. I need someone to talk to me. I need someone to call me on the phone. Ask them, hey, can you just once a week call me on the phone? Hey, I just need someone to listen to me. Can you, can you do that for me? I just need someone to help me clean up. I just need whatever. And you might say, well, I've asked and, and everybody said no. What does Paul, what does Jesus actually say about the righteous, uh, unrighteous judge and the widow? Did he tell her, just knock one time and if they don't, just give up on it. Your life's lost. Well, he said the, 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 the woman, she kept coming and asking and kept coming and asking. You know what she got? She got what she wanted. And some of us don't have what we want in our relationships because we're not asking. Now, that doesn't mean we need to be demanding. It doesn't mean that we need to be unreasonable with people because not everybody's going to be able to be our best friend. Did you know that? It takes a lot of time to be someone's best friend. And we can't be everybody's best friend. So we can't be unreasonable about it. But when was the last time you asked somebody to meet your need? Because our faith is being depleted because no one's serving us because no one knows how to. Because we're not telling them, this is what I need from you. Mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Being vulnerable with each other and asking for our needs and working things out. You shared something with somebody in confidence. They told somebody else, they're on the list now. You talked to somebody, you were vulnerable with them and they were insensitive back. They're on the list now. You asked someone to do something for you, they said they would, and they didn't follow through with it. They're on the list now. And we just put people on it. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have a running list of people that you just don't count on anymore, you don't talk to anymore. Not that there's not a time to create boundaries, but some of us have a very lengthy list of people that we no longer talk with anymore. And you know what's funny about that? We no longer talk with them, but we never once told them why we were upset. We just walked away from the relationship because they did something wrong. 
When Ephesians 4.13 says until we grow, not until we all uh, attain the unity of the faith, until we're all connected with one another. What does Jesus say? If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Go and tell him. Before you lay your gift at the altar, if you realize that you have some issue with your brother, leave the gift there and go and be reconciled with your brother. But that's not easy to do, is it? It's not easy to talk things out. That's why some people will leave churches. That's why some people have left this church. Because they got mad at something and they weren't committed to working it out. And here's the thing. You know where the most... How many of our songs today are about love? You know, and they're not about like the biblical love. They're not singing, you know, love is patient, love is kind and all that stuff. They're singing usually about romantic love or infatuation and those kind of things. Because all of us would love to have this relationship where this person gets me. They meet my needs. They're there for me all the time. I love being around them. They love being around me. I love that. You know where those relationships are found? By going through the hurdles of all the emotional, relational pain with them along the way. It's dealing with all the conflict, dealing with all the stuff, and not just putting up with it, but talking it through and saying, you know what, when you do this, that hurts me. And I really wish that you would do this instead. And talking things through with people. And when someone says, comes to us and says, when you do this, it hurts me, our response should be, well, just get over Okay, you know what, let me do whatever. No. Our response should be, okay, you know what, let me do whatever I can to change to help meet your need. And when we work through those things, some of those powerful, intimate, rewarding, emotionally uplifting, faith uplifting relationships, think about it in your own life, are the ones that we decided to work it out with each other. And what a healthy church that would be if all of us said, you know what, I don't like that guy standing behind that music stand. He drives me crazy. He keeps asking me to do stuff all the time. But I'm going to work it out with him. I don't like that person sitting next to me. Look at the person sitting next to you. They are so irritating. You know that? But I'm going to work it out with them. I don't agree with everything that they say, and I don't hold all the same opinions. I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they dress. I don't like the way they talk to me. But I'm going to work it out with them. Our faith is shaky, struggling because of our relationships. And they need to also not just be they don't just need to be fun and emotionally encouraging, uplifting. They need to be about spiritual matters. At some point, we need to t- talk about our faith with each other. Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you. He says in Romans 1.17, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And that's not my faith going from one, one level to another. That's your faith being revealed to me and my faith being revealed to you. That in Hebrews 13, 7, remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. We need to be talking about our relationship with the Lord, with each other. Your relationship with the Lord is not a private thing. If you've made it a private thing, then that's why your faith is struggling. Now, certain things are private before the Lord, but your faith as a whole should not be a private thing. I should be sharing my faith with other people and having those conversations. I told you this was hard, didn't I? If you truly want to be, think about this. Aren't you tired 
of feeling anxious all the time? Aren't you tired of giving up on praying and asking for things because you no longer believe you'll get the outcome? Aren't you tired of facing life's circumstances and difficulties and relationships with dread, with concern, with feeling completely hopeless? Aren't you tired of living that way? Jesus is tired of you living that way too. And he would love to instill this rock-solid, unshakable, life-giving faith within your heart. But if you truly want it, then you're going to have to walk down a road that's more than just conversations and working things out with God, more than just doing the stuff. We're going to have to get down with each other, get vulnerable, and work things out. Get in arguments, debate with one another, stick it out, and work things out. And build, we're going to have to get out of our houses. Get out of your house. Go to somebody else's house. Get outside. Remember your mom used to tell, tell you that all the time? Stop playing those video games and get out of the house. Get out of the house. Get off your phones. How many people are at restaurants on their phones while they're with other people? How many people are hanging out in their house and what are they doing? They're all staring at five different screens. And again, not that there's not a time to relax and veg and spend time alone, but get with people, build relationships. And perhaps on the other end of that is something that you've been always looking for, a loving connection with other people and being mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Don't you want that? It's worth it. Will you stand with me? Worship team, will you come and prepare to lead us? Don't you want to be that kind of person? See, if, if changing the world was easy, it would happen. If having a transformed life, free of worry, anxiety, free of anger and bitterness and strife, healthy relationships was easy, everybody would have them. It takes work. Faith without works is dead. Mutually encouraging each other in our faith. Faith is revealed from faith to faith. Do you want that? Then some of you this morning need to come up to this place and reconcile yourself to the Lord. What are some things that you need to reconcile out with the Lord? Maybe it's that you struggle and have been unwilling to be spiritually open with others. Maybe because you've been hurt in the past. Maybe someone has let you down. Guess who's here that's capable of healing that wound? And so if that's you, then you need to come to these altars and begin to let the Holy Spirit heal you of that wound. Is it because you struggle with emotional intimacy with others? You're the listening ear. You're more than happy to listen to somebody else's problems, but you don't ever want to open up and share your own. Love that emotional hurt. There is a loving Father that's here that would love to love that emotional hurt out of you so that you can be free to love and connect and be open with others. You know you need that. If you do, just come to these altars and begin to let Him set you free to love others. Maybe it's that you've chosen to refrain from being a part of the body of Christ in whatever version of that you have. Because the, the church isn't perfect, because the church has issues, because 
Uh, it's just between me and God and not other people. The church has let me down. The church doesn't do this. The church doesn't do that. They don't sing the right songs. They don't preach about the right things. They don't do enough for me. The church is going to always let us down because the church is made up of people that are flawed and fallen and struggling just as much as you are. But I'd much rather be struggling through it with other people than be struggling all alone. And if it's issues with the church, then come and work those out with the Lord. He has all kinds of wisdom to give us. Is it being involved in ministry? What is it that is not allowing you to have the kind of relationships the Lord wants you to have? Work them out with the Lord this morning. Commit to Him. Say, I'm going to seek these relationships. Come and seek Him this morning. If you would just for a moment, heads bowed and eyes closed. I, I have a suspicion that there are some in this room that you would say that you need delivered from bitterness towards some person in your life or maybe multiple people. And there's brokenness there that you need healed of. Heads bowed and eyes closed. And that's you. And you'd like to be prayed for this morning. Just lift your hand if that's you. Good, good. Anybody else? Good, good. Anybody else? Good. Or maybe you're here still, heads bowed and eyes closed. You've been broken by different things in your life in relationships. And because of that, you've become untrusting and you've pulled back from relationships. But you'd like to declare today that you're going to commit to start pursuing those relationships again. But you need the Lord's help to do that. If that's you, heads bowed and eyes closed, just lift your hand and let me know that you'd like prayer for that. Good. Good. Anybody else? Hallelujah. So, Lord... We're coming to you, as we saw in Scripture before, the one who is the author and finisher of our faith. And we are asking you to be the author of that faith within us. You call us, Lord, to build relationships, to be a certain way in relationships. And we're asking you to enable us to do that, Lord. We have hurts. We carry baggage. We are broken, and we ask that you would heal us, that you would heal us in such a way that even if others give us reasons to be hurt or broken again, that you would help us to not allow that to shake our faith, but that you would help us to be able to be gracious, forgiving, encouraging, challenging, to work things out, to seek reconciliation, and that we would be the kind of people that would seek out the relationships you've called us to seek out. And that through these relationships, Lord, you would change our lives and you would change the lives of others. That you would build your church. We ask for all of these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. Thank you for being here this morning. And uh, next week... Uh, like I said, I'm not anti-social media, TV, or, or all that stuff, technology. But we're going to discover that sometimes the things that aren't necessarily bad on their own, the things that we're eating is toxic. And I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about the things we watch, the things we read, the things we listen to. Some of that stuff is killing our faith. And we need to explore how to keep that from happening as well. So I hope you'll be here for that. But may God bless you, love you. See you next Sunday.